welcome to the Rough Draft, our last Rough Draft. My name is Artemis. And I'm Colin. And like always, this is published and produced by the York Review. So Artemis, you brought on a guest for us today. I did. We decided to save the best for last. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Ian Only. I'm an associate professor of English here at York College of Pennsylvania, and I teach primarily film studies. That's right. That's actually... That's the second way that I met you, because you're also my advisor. Very true. Yeah. Yep. Cool. So what's your specific niche? Um, can you tell us a little bit about the work you've done and the classes you teach um, within film studies? Sure. I'm sort of a, a jack of all trades uh, in film here at York College. I teach uh, most of the film studies classes, so everything from intro to film and film history all the way up to upper level film classes on genre, directors, national cinemas, film theory and criticism. Uh, I also teach a literature and film class that focuses primarily on adaptation, how books are turned into movies. Uh, and I teach a class on screenwriting, uh, which looks at um, film from the standpoint of creative writing, uh, how screenplays are um, created uh, and turned into movies. And just putting this out, so I've taken like pretty much every class that he has to offer. Um, <laughs> well, yes. almost, but most of them. Um, so the screenwriting class, I was not too sure about because I was like, oh, you know, I'm never going to write a screenplay or anything. But as a creative writing person, um, I can tell you that some of the methods that we learned in screenwriting have carried on with me into my own like personal writing, especially that 40 card outline. It, it's crazy, extremely helpful, and even if you're never going to write a screenplay, I think it's kind of fun to just try one. Um, in the screenplay class, we don't write a full screenplay, we write the first act, but even in writing the first act and plotting out the actual story, I mean, that right there is, is pretty much what you're going to do if you write an actual story or if you write like a short novella or anything, so um, I found it really helpful. I, I, just, I just enjoyed the class. It was really cool. So if you're ever like on the fence, you should try it. Um, you know, the worst that can happen is you just don't like the class, and then you know, just pick a different class next semester. Yeah, I think it's 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 a it's a really interesting class, especially if you're already into creative writing. If you're yeah. into fiction writing or poetry writing, uh, it's a different kind of creative writing. It takes an adjustment, I think, at the beginning of the semester to sort of get into the screenwriting mode uh, because you're dealing primarily with dialogue and action. Right, uh, as opposed to um, uh, you know how you might approach writing a uh, a short story mm -hmm. or a novel or a poem, um, it's really more similar to playwriting in some respects than those forms of creative writing. But what I do hear from a lot of creative writing students, uh, and this is basically what you just spoke to Artemis, is that it really gets you to think about structure as a writer and um, in, in in sort of a different way because screenwriting is almost like a skeletal. Uh, form of creative writing, you're, as the screenwriter, you're putting the, the bones of the story together, and it's really up to the director and the actors and the crew to flesh that out on set. When the movie's in, in production, you're creating sort of the blueprint uh, for the film. Um, and uh, doing that, I think, gives you some insight into how to structure and plot uh, other forms of creative writing, especially novels, mm -hmm. um, which are probably the type of creative uh, writing that... Uh, feature films are closest to in terms of storytelling and structure and those sorts of things. So I'm glad you found it to be a valuable experience. Oh yeah, I, I've loved all the classes I've taken this year. Um, <coughs> I don't think that I've actually had a class 
unless it was like a game of the Warrior that I did enjoy, and then I only didn't enjoy it because it was a game of the Warrior, not because of the class. Um, so, I mean, every time I tell people, you know, take a film class or something, I uh, originally wasn't a film minor. Uh, I originally wasn't going for the film minor, I should say. Uh, but then I started taking film classes, I loved it. And uh, I, I really wish there was a film major because I would have taken the, the major instead. Well, I can uh, share a bit of um, surprise news with your, your listeners. I think they're going to be among the first students on campus to hear this outside of the uh, film society, our student mm -hmm. film society. But there is a new film major coming. Unfortunately, too late for you, Artemis. Yeah. I'm sorry. But you got to take all those great film classes anyway. Sure. Um, it's uh, not uh, 100% um, through the approval process yet, but it's almost there. There's just one more step, which is approval by the Board of Trustees of your college, and that uh, I'm not anticipating any issues with. Um, it's essentially uh, going to be a major that combines film studies and film production. It's gonna be called Film and Media Arts, and it's going to be a major sponsored both by the English and Humanities Department and by the Department of Communication and the Arts. So. Essentially, half the classes that you'd be taking are film studies classes, like the like the ones you took here, Artemis. Um, intro to film, film history. You took a class on animated film. I did. That uh, was with great the, class. Uh, you took a class on film theory and criticism. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, those kinds of classes, um, and then on the other side, you'd be taking uh, the kind of production classes that somebody in mass comm might be taking: uh, video production, audio production, uh, nonlinear editing. Um, also screenwriting, um, and there's going to be a new screenwriting class as part of this major that's going to focus on writing short films. Oh, that's cool. Uh, because the hope is that students will, as they progress through the major, um, write, direct, score, and edit their own movies. Right. Um, so it's going to be, I think, a terrific major. I'm really excited about it. It's going to create a kind of film school experience for undergraduates uh, here at York College. and. If all goes well, and it's going well so far, that'll be coming online in fall uh, 2019, so this this next fall. Um, and uh, we'll still keep the film studies minor. That'll still be an option for students who maybe can't major in film or who prefer to major in professional writing and minor in film studies or something like that. So that'll still be available as a minor, but we have this brand new major coming online that I'm really, uh, really excited about. That's cool. Of course, everything happens as soon as everything goes. I know. Starbucks. I know. Well, Actually, you can come back and sit. You can audit. You know, I will. anytime. I will. Come I'm back anytime. Some of the ghosts of film past. <laughs> so, for those of us who are a little too late in the game to catch that major, or might not be able to fit screenwriting into our schedule. Do you have any advice for making that transition to writing in this new medium? Um, like any roadblocks that people face and ways to get across them. Yeah, sure. Um, well, there are lots of great books on screenwriting out there and lots of bad books on screenwriting, too, uh, frankly. Um, the one that I use in my class is called Cut to the Chase, and it's a compilation of chapters on screenwriting uh, by different um, professors in the UCLA Extension program uh, devoted to screenwriting. Uh, it's edited by uh, Linda Venice, and it, you can find it on Amazon and other, uh, other websites. Um, and I think it's a pretty good how-to uh, book on screenwriting that takes you from the initial concept uh, for the script all the way through the finished product, uh, product. And there's even a couple of chapters towards the end that talk about how to market and sell your, your screenplay that we won't really, uh, look at in my class because uh, we're more focused on the craft. But that's a great book. And then the other textbook is called The Screenwriter's Manual. 
Uh, and that's more of a nuts and bolts type book that um, gives you the conventions and the rules of, of screenwriting because it is pretty strict when it comes to uh, everything from, you know, uh, font and font size to spacing uh, to um, how you write dialogue and um, how you use parentheticals and scene description and, and what scene headings should look like. So there's a lot to learn as a screenwriter and that book I think is a pretty good tutorial. Um, and then finally, um, if you're really serious about it, there's a great screenwriting uh, software that we use in the screenwriting uh, class called Final Draft, mm. uh, which I think is in its ninth edition now. Um, and uh, it is available in a student version, which is less expensive than the regular version. It's not cheap. It's, I think, $100, bucks, 99 maybe, uh, to download. Uh, but it's well worth it if you're serious about screenwriting because it basically automatically formats your script for you as you're writing. It makes writing screenplays so much easier. Uh, I believe it's also now available as an app uh, on iTunes for maybe fourteen ninety nine, and it's not. It doesn't have any of the bells and whistles of the of the actual software, but you don't really need them if you're just looking to write scripts. So um, that's a, a, a sort of a cheaper investment, maybe for somebody interested in screenwriting. Great resources yeah. there for our writers. Definitely. So, how did you particularly get into film? I've always loved film uh, ever since I was a kid. Um, movies uh, made a, a huge impact uh, on me, uh, had a huge impact on me as, uh, as, a, as a young boy. Um, and just growing up, always was interested in them. Never knew that it was possible to study them academically until I got to college. Uh, I went to Rhodes College in Memphis, Tennessee, um, and was an English major there. But they had uh, film classes. They didn't have a film minor or anything like that. But there was a guy uh, named Mark Winokur. Uh, there who taught film, and um, I took a couple of those classes, uh, an intro class, a film theory class, maybe one or two others, and just got really interested in the subject, um, enough so that uh, when I went to grad school, uh, I focused on film, um, even though I, I was uh, technically, you know, getting an MA in English, a PhD in English, um, I was really focusing mostly on, on film, and um, I haven't looked back since. Um, so I, I think it, it all started with a just sort of a love of the medium uh, and then later became something more more academic. But the reason I'm still interested in it is because I'm still uh, I'm still in love with movies, still fascinated by uh, by film. Do you have a particular genre that's your favorite? Or well, uh, as question? you know, as you know, Artemis, uh, I'm uh, particularly fond of horror movies. Um, I've always been I've always been fascinated by the genre. Um, uh, again, ever since I was uh, a kid, uh, loved being scared, but also um, was always just really interested in the the aesthetics of the genre and the the the, the storytelling mechanics of the genre. Um, I've written a couple of books on on horror cinema. Um, in 2013, I published a book called Euro Horror, uh, which is about classic European horror movies from the 50s through the 80s, and in particular how they're viewed in American culture today. Um, they have a, a pretty big fan following in this country. So uh, that was my first foray um, writing-wise into the genre. And then last year, I published a book called Zombie Cinema, which is about zombie movies. Um, it's yeah. kind of a quick guide uh, to zombie movies. Uh, this year, I co-edited a volume on the films of Jess Franco, who's kind of a cult Spanish uh, horror director. So I've done some work in the area. I teach a class on 
uh, the horror film here at the college every couple of years, um, where I sort of uh, inflict my love of the genre on, on students and try to get them interested in horror too, which isn't usually all that difficult. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I, to me, it's just an endlessly fascinating genre um, and one that uh, I really like a lot. But as I was saying earlier, um, I, my interest in film really ranges far beyond that. I'm, I'm really interested in, in movies of all kinds. Um, I, I've taught uh, classes on comedy. I've taught classes on uh, the documentary film uh, in terms of genre. And, um, uh, and I, I just think that, um, you know, movies as a whole are, are endlessly fascinating. Mm -hmm. If you weren't teaching, what do you think you would be doing? Good question. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's the first answer. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know for sure, uh, but I'm also really interested in production, um, mm -hmm. in part because of the film series that I organize here on campus. Uh, I know um, I've had the chance to get to know uh, directors and writers and producers and actors. Uh, and I think that's an, uh, an interesting world. Um, I don't know in what capacity I might be involved. I, I think of myself as a writer, I think, first and foremost. Um, I've done some screenwriting of my own sort of uh, on the side. Um, I think it might be interesting to, uh, you know, uh, to try my hand at that. Uh, so maybe something along those lines, maybe uh, involved in a more creative way in the film and TV industry, perhaps as a, as a writer, I don't know. Um, or maybe writing uh, fiction of some other. Do you have a particularly favorite class that you teach? Well, of course, I, I love the horror, well, yeah. or the <laughs> horror class. Um, I, I enjoy teaching um, screenwriting. That's a class I teach every spring. Same with lit and film. That's a class I teach every fall. Um, I really love film history, which is also a class I teach every spring. Um, I've always been really interested in the relationship between history and film. So in that class, which is one of the two kind of introductory level classes offered at the college along with intro to film, um, we take a kind of chronological approach to studying the history of film, where we start in the 1890s with um, some of the very first movies ever made uh, by Thomas Edison and the Lumiere brothers. We go all the way through the present day uh, and we're looking at a different era in film history or a different national cinema every week. Um, so I, 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 I like doing that. Um, it gives me the chance to look at older films that I might not have the opportunity to look at and in, say intro to film, for example. Um, but it's also interesting to look at the relationship between film and history. So to think about how movies might have been impacted by the Great Depression, or right. World War II, or um, Vietnam, or uh, other you know historical events. Uh, so that's a class I enjoy teaching quite a bit. That's actually the class that I was introduced to. Okay, yeah. that's the first one you took. That's the yeah. first one. Yep, that was my class. Um, there's a lot of overlap in those classes too mm -hmm. that I noticed. Um, I didn't take you for intro, but I took an intro at another school, and a lot of like the. Um, Especially the earlier ones. I'm, I think it's the Russian on the SS. Battleship Potemkin? That's it, the Battleship yeah. Potemkin. Mm -hmm. um, which is obviously a classic, but you mm -hmm. know, that was part of my um, intro as well. And um, actually, the, the Bicycle Thief was also. Mm -hmm. um, which is interesting because I, I, I watched the Bicycle Thief and I, I was like, oh, I don't like this. But then after I watched it a couple of times, I was like, oh, this is actually really good. Yeah. Um, 
which I think that happens a lot with cinema. Like, you watch it once, and you're kind of like, oh, you know, it was okay, but, like, you never watch it again. But mm-hmm. if you do happen to watch it more than once, and then you get, like, different interpretations from it, which was really nice to hear yeah. your interpretation of it compared to, like, the other classes' interpretation I got from it. And then, you know, going through all of these movies again, not all of them, but, you know, the ones that overlapped, and then seeing the, the other interpretations really made me think, like, oh... You know, this movie is more than just what one person described it as. Absolutely. Um, I think that's also really great with films because you... It, it's kind of like literature in that sense that, like, it can be comprehended in so many different ways. And so, like, so many people, especially critics... But I think the next class I would do is uh, uh, film and, and critics or something. Film theory and criticism. Film theory mm-hmm. and criticism. Um, so, uh, you know, especially when it comes to, to criticisms of movies or even books, uh, so many people view them so differently that when you read them, you get, like, these these different uh, ideas about them. Sometimes they're contradicting and sometimes they're, like, meshing together almost perfectly. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes you see, like, so many different sides to the same tale that I think is what really makes literature for me, but also films, like, great. Yeah. Uh, agree. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, one of the one of the points of, of film studies as a discipline, I mean, it, it really boils down to two things. One, in my mind, one is to introduce students to many different kinds of films. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing you probably heard me say a lot in my class was, uh, especially in intro, um, and I know you took intro with, with somebody else, but I always tell students, you know, you're, you guys, I'm assuming anyway, that you're most familiar with Hollywood movies of the past 10 or 15 years. That that's sort of your wheelhouse. Right. And there have been some great movies made in Hollywood in the past 10 or 15 years. But that's not, um, you know, that's not the only kind of cinema there is. Right. Uh, and I think, you know, students, they, they sort of um, conceptually understand that there are movies that are older than that and movies that are made in different countries. But often they don't have any exposure to those kind of films. Mm. So... Um, part of the part of the way I, I run the film studies program here is, is I try to make sure that students are exposed to as many different kinds of film and as many different modes of filmmaking as possible. The other thing is, and this speaks, I think, more directly to your point, Artemis, is that I want to introduce students to many different ways of looking at even the same film. Um, so, you know, in intro to film, we talk about genre criticism, looking at movies from the standpoint of genre. We talk about historical criticism, looking at movies from a historical standpoint, and so on. So it, it basically, uh, these types of film criticism are giving you different vantage points from which to see movies, or even the same film. And you get something a little bit different depending on what kind of film criticism you're using. So if you're using genre criticism, then you're thinking about that movie as an example of its genre. You're thinking right. about it as a horror film, or a romantic comedy, or a science fiction film. If you're thinking about it from the perspective of, say, ideological criticism, maybe you're looking at the representation of gender in the movie. Maybe you're looking at it from a feminist point of view, or maybe you're thinking about race and how race is represented in the film. So it might be the exact same movie, but you're looking at and thinking about completely different things. Mm-hmm. So uh, in that way, movies are kind of inexhaustible. I mean, there's, there's never a point at which you completely comprehend or understand a movie or have exhausted it of all its uh, of all its meaning um and that to me is actually uh one of the reasons why i love movies i never feel like i'm going to get tired of them or they're going to get old um because there's always something uh, else to watch there's always a new way of looking at something you've seen a million times before and um 
the very first thing you said about you know going back and looking at a movie you've already seen before, I think that's such a valuable thing to do. Okay. I think the best movies um, are movies that stand up to repeat viewing, where every time you watch it, you see something new, see something you missed the first time, or maybe you've just changed since the first time you saw mm -hmm. it. Maybe you're a little bit older, maybe you're a little bit wiser than you were the first time you watched it. Maybe you have a little more life experience under your belt, and that changes the way that you see the movie because I had experiences just like yours where I'd watch a movie what was supposed to be a classic mm -hmm. you know in college whatever Citizen Kane and come away not deeply impressed you know why is this the best movie ever made I don't get it right. uh, but then you come back and you look at it five years or ten years down the line and you and you begin to understand it in a different way or see it in a different way you appreciate it in a different way um, and so I think uh, you know I, that's a really important lesson mm -hmm. At one point, we had talked about the movie Mustang um, on our podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, so Mustang is actually a really good example because it's a, a French-Turkish mm -hmm. film. Uh, I was explaining to you about the, the young women who, uh, they they live in a very traditional household. Mm -hmm. and Oh, that's right. Right. And um, so when we first watched the movie, I was kind of like, oh, you know, this is an okay movie. Like, it's decent. But then I was like, you know, listening to other people talk about things, and there are so many things I missed, like the thing with the uncle, mm -hmm. and um, I mean, the movie's called Mustang, so if you want to watch it, it's actually a really great movie, I think you should, uh, to the podcast people. But um, there were things that I didn't notice, that I, I was listening to people talk, and they're like, yeah, this thing happened with the uncle, this was happening with this girl, I'm just like, but that didn't happen, like, mm -hmm. when did this happen? So then I watched it again, and I ended up watching it like a third time. I love this movie. And I, I started like telling people, like, go watch this movie. It's really great. Um, <clears throat> but then once I started finding all these new things about it, it just made the movie, like, deeper and mm -hmm. better. I mean, um, and so I, I generally go back and I watch movies that I don't normally get again in the hopes that, like, maybe there's something that I'm missing or something. Like, I'll talk to people about them, too. Like, you know, have you seen this movie? Because then... Maybe they've caught stuff that I didn't catch, and right. I can look back on and go, "Oh, let me try to find that in the movie and see if it like changes my view of the movie." And a lot of times it does; like it, it really does uh, make things a little different. I think it really is important to diversify your understanding of how, like, not only just movies but literature as well, um, any type of art really. I think sort of diversifying your palette and understanding of how the things made and understood. Um, that way, you, I think that really lets you sort of appreciate it. And I think before we began this podcast, you and I were talking about how your books are made not for like academic settings per se. They're made for like everyday people. And, and I think getting in there and sort of understanding why people appreciate movies in academic settings and sort of taking the time to increase your understanding, like how you've come to really appreciate Mustang, I think is really important. I also think that's one of the cool things about the literature series, not the literature series, the, the film, film and literature yeah. series. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, the one that I went to was the Rocky Three one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I had, I had not seen Rocky Three before, but I knew about the plot. And I knew that everyone had said, like, you know, it's such a bad movie and everything. And then when I actually watched it, and I listened to the guy do the presentation, <laughs> and then I went back and I watched it again, and I thought, you know, oh, you know, maybe he does have something to this. I mean, it's not, like, the worst Rocky movie. Right. Um, I also really enjoyed... Uh, so, I had previously seen um, the Odyssey. Odyssey 
2001. Oh, 2001. Space Odyssey. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, previously, I'd seen it. Yeah. But, like, before doing, was it in the literature class we were in? Uh, uh, film. It was literature and film. Uh, we I taught it as science fiction uh, yeah. literature and film. And but then we, also somebody came and did a presentation. Right, too. Oliver Geiken. Yeah. Right, and after us reading it and talking about it and then seeing the presentation, mm -hmm. it like really opened my eyes to what the movie was really about. Yeah. Um, which I. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of wish there was more of that, like maybe at the end of a, of movies or something, yeah. where like people stop and talk. I mean, then you get like the DVDs and mm -hmm. listen to like director's commentary and stuff. But I don't know. Uh, but I I would really suggest that students go to like the literature events and stuff, the film and literature events, because um, even things that you wouldn't think would be interesting, like um, we had that one professor who came to talk about sound mm -hmm. and how sound. Walker, yeah. Yes, and I actually I got to talk to her before and after. Mm -hmm the thing and um she's a fascinating woman mm -hmm. and she was using sound to explain like how it actually propels movie or mm -hmm. propels like the action movies uh so like there's so many different types of sound like mm -hmm. even not having sound says something about something happening in a movie and uh it was just such a, a really great like situation to be in that like, you wouldn't think like someone just talking about movies and sound right. would be so educational but it was it was awesome like yeah. i don't know how else to explain it without using the word awesome yeah. like in it's actual like not like oh this hot dog is awesome but like you know like this is an awesome presentation like it yeah. was really cool and then just talking to her she's like a really down-to-earth person mm -hmm. yeah um which is why every time that i bring up the professors that we talk to on here or even some of the professors that have been on here i always say like you know stop by and talk to them. Like, a lot of the mm -hmm. professors here will, like, bend over backwards to help you. I mean, a lot of the professors, especially Dr. Early, who are, like, really passionate about movies, will sit down and talk to you about movies, like, if he has the time, forever. Yeah. Like, I, uh, wish, I, I wish I had the time to do it forever all the time. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that's a great piece of advice. Um, and uh, in the film series, I, I, you know, I agree. I, agree. I, I think there's something really valuable about about you know sitting down with a group of people watching a film and then talking about it afterwards which is what the film series is all about um and uh it's always somebody the guest speaker is always somebody different so sometimes it's a, a film professional like a director or producer sometimes it's a scholar like elsie walker or oliver geiken um who come with a particular perspective on the movie that they've decided to present and it's always nice i think if you have the opportunity to sort of hear from them and talk to them uh, and uh, the the lecture um, series, uh, the panels oh, that the, the, that the department uh, mm -hmm. sponsors, I think all of those are valuable. So if you're not familiar, uh, most of these are under the cultural series, the college's annual cultural series. And, and every year the college puts out a, a brochure or a mailer that has information. There's also information on the college uh, website. Um, so I'd recommend looking at I mean, We have great events coming up in the spring. Um, our next uh, uh, film series event is in is in February, uh, and that's going to be a screening of the movie I Tanya, which is the recent Ooh, movie about Tanya yeah, Harding, the infamous figure skater. Uh, and um, that movie is going to be presented by a film professor from Millersville University named uh, Jill Craven, uh, who's going to talk about um, uh, gender primarily in the in, in the movie, and she'll do a Q and A afterwards. So it should be a really great event. I believe it's on February twenty first. Um, so, and there's one in March and one in April. We have, you know, other events 
sponsors by your partner coming up as well. So mm-hmm. a lot to do, a lot to see. Take advantage of it while you're here, you know. Yeah. Um, while you're a college student and you have at least a little bit of free time outside classes before you jump in into your career. Um, you know, this is a time, it's not just about jumping through the academic hoops and getting the grades and keeping your GPA up. That's important, but um, I think there's so much more going on here that you could avail yourself of. And I'm glad that you have Artemis um, and that you feel like it's benefited you. Yeah. I mean, you're paying for it too, so like... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I will take advantage. Get the, get the biggest bang for your buck, right? Yeah. Um, so as we wrap up, uh, I always like to give professors time to plug stuff, like their classes and stuff. Uh, but before we plug classes, so there's a film society here on campus. Yes. Student, uh, it's a student-run film society. I'm the faculty advisor. It's been around since 2004. Uh, so uh, we've been going now for 14 years. Uh, it's an academic club sponsored by the English and Humanities Department. And it's basically just a group of students that gets together every week to talk about movies. And oftentimes we'll have a specific topic that we're looking at. It could be a particular director or a particular genre or just a kind of issue having to do with film. Sometimes it's just a free-for-all and we just you know, spitball and brainstorm things to talk about. Um, and then occasionally we also sponsor events on campus. Uh, we do DVD and poster sales. Um, and sometimes we get together uh, and um, I'll go out and see a movie together at a local, uh, at a local theater. Um, for the past few years, we've been meeting Monday afternoons at 4.15 in Humanities 218, which is the film viewing room. Uh, we're done for this semester, but we'll be picking up in the spring and I'll be sending out an email uh, to to the the group. Um, if you're interested, you can email me at i o l n e y at ycp.edu, uh, and I'll add your email to the list, and so you can be kept abreast of our meetings and activities and so forth. All right, and I am well was until uh, this semester, unfortunately, part of the uh, film club. It's actually really awesome. It's great to to talk to different people and find out about the movies that they like and stuff. And, you know, we talk about more than just movies, video games and um, Netflix things and TV shows and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, Okay, so the other thing left, you have some classes coming for the spring? Yes. Uh, So the usual, uh, which would be film history. That's a class I teach every spring. Again, it's the sort of basic introductory level class at the college along with intro to film. Great way to get your... Your feet wet if you're interested in film studies um, and screenwriting, which I teach every spring. Talked about that a little bit before, and then I'm teaching a brand new class in the spring on Italian cinema that I'm very, very excited about. I saw that. I saw a poster for that. It looks pretty cool. It's going to be awesome, to use Artemis's word, uh, <laughs> favorite word. We're going to be looking at um, uh, Italian cinema from the beginning all the way to the present day. Um, What's, I think, going to be really interesting about the class is that we're going to focus on some of the famous art uh, films, you know, the Fellini films and the Antonioni films and the Visconti films, but we're also going to be looking at popular Italian cinema. So we're going to be talking about, you know, those Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns directed by Sergio Leone. We're going to look at Italian horror uh, movies. We're going to look at Italian comedies. Um, and a number of those films are actually going to be uh, in English. So it's not all going to be in Italian. You don't have to know any Italian to take the class. Uh, so if you're interested, I'd encourage you to sign up. We've still got some seats uh, left open in that one. Cool. All right. Any other classes that you're teaching this uh, That's it for the spring. That's it for the spring. But tune in in the fall. Uh, we'll have a new slate. Uh, I'll be posting some flyers around campus for that probably mid-semester around registration time. Okay. All right. Awesome. Um, is there anything that you would like our listeners to know about 
film, about you, about teaching? Nothing in particular. I'd say um, even if uh, you don't have the opportunity to take a film class, but you're interested in movies, I just recommend um, doing as much exploring as you can. If you have a Netflix account or an Amazon Prime account, um, try to get off the beaten track. Uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, Marvel films and Star Wars films, um, the contemporary sort of popular blockbuster cinema, Fast and Furious and all of that. Um, but maybe get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Take a look at an older film that you've heard about, but you've never seen. Maybe take a look at a foreign film that's in a language other than English, a movie like Mustang, for example. You might be surprised by what you find. So be adventurous. That, that'd be my, my advice. All right. All right. Awesome. Thank you very much for coming on. My yeah, pleasure. Thank you. And um, so that has been this week's Rough Draft. Uh, this is actually our final Rough Draft. For the semester, anyway. Um, I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen in the future. We still need people to sign up for the publication management class. Um, if we don't get enough members for publication management, then we will most likely switch this over to being an after-school club, um, in which case anybody obviously can sign up and come in and help out. Uh, and we'd really love you to help out because we don't want this to end, and I don't want to have to haunt the school and do this when I'm an alumni. Like, come on, guys. I'll come in and I'll train you and then he has money to make yeah like I, I've got my fortune and fame to, to work on so yeah. Um, but yeah so that was it uh, thank you Dr. Olney for coming on my pleasure and thank you Colin for being an awesome co-host absolutely and thank you Maggie even though you're not here we're the doorknobs <laughs> uh, alright that's it yeah, we're really bad at it we're really bad at it we're just like the music coming in yeah